A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. We are live for the Red Men podcast. If you're watching this live, then make sure you interact with us using the comments alongside. I am Paul Machen. I'm joined by the wonderful pairing of James Sutton and Sam Walker. We love this, yeah. We love this. Great team. Bit of, a bit of a jacket loving you've had. Oh, yeah. And yeah the, they both own the same jacket. It's lovely. It's fantastic. It? There's nothing more to it than that, to be honest. Like, you mean, but uh, it, felt like, <laughs> it felt like something significant a couple of minutes ago. It was a real bonding moment. Um, right, yeah, we've got loads of stuff to talk about today. We're obviously coming toward the back end of the international break, which is amazing. Um, how many players Liverpool will have when they finally <laughs> take the field the weekend? I'm not quite sure. Uh, best thing you can do in this situation is to tweet Dan Kennett about depth charts. Um, just make sure, make sure you blame Dan for having the ignominy of pointing out that Liverpool have lots of footballers but then some of them get injured as though it's somehow his fault uh, keep that going all season if we can sorry Dan um, but yeah we got some kick off <laughs> questions uh, we're going to be talking about how Liverpool get their title challenge back on track uh, if they even need to I guess um, and what the upcoming couple of weeks means we're going to talk a little bit about Gerard at Villa as well um, but yeah we've got a couple of kick off questions lifelong Indian Red says um, if you could swap three players from City slash Chelsea who would they be now I'm I'm imagining this and how anyone's interpreted this because um, you know James clearly turned up late because you were studying the agenda that you asked for I mean I wasn't te- you got an agenda I wasn't te- <laughs> I wasn't technically late <laughs> I, don't think. I was on air on time yeah, yeah. Uh, no I, I, haven't, I haven't put a huge amount of thought so is he talking about swapping our players? Yeah, I would imagine swap one for one. Now, I, what I always say in this is that because I, because I've had many years working alongside Chris Page, I have to <laughs> find the way to game this. Find the way to game every single one of these questions. I think within the, a degree of fairness. So I would say swapping first eleven players, so you're not swapping out. Taki Minamino for oh. Lukaku. For Lukaku. <laughs> that was that was gonna, that was how I was going to deal with it. I was just going to get rid of Minamino, Origi, and yeah, 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 absolutely, Adrian. There you go, boxed off. Yeah. Oh. But um, no, I mean, I guess if we look at it from this perspective, who who were the city, who were the City or Chelsea players that you, you cast envious glances over? De Bruyne. Yeah, he do. Yeah. Um, Foden. I mean, he's all right. Yeah, mm. Grealish. I think I, I, I still. I, I'm still a big Jack Grealish fan. I mm-hmm. take. I take any, any of those three. But I don't know. I don't know who I'd swap them for, and I don't know where they'd fit in. But I mean. You'd make room, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this feels very like Manchester United board of directors' approach to transfers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll make room. We'll yeah, worry about fun. that later. Good players are good players. Aren't they? Good players <laughs> play together. So, have any thoughts? Um, the problem is, with, for, I look at our team and I think. Well, you've just spent the weekend pulling apart the merits and demerits of. Uh, Reese James versus Trent Alexander. Oh, I love it. Based yeah. on the formation. Yeah. That's the oh, best yeah. Way yeah. So that's. I, I'm all. But I, it's like, I always hate end of season 11s like because they put Ronaldo left back to get him in you know things like yeah, that yeah, yeah. anyway so I'm, I'm going off our best 11 that we always talk about that we, we never see with Thiago Hendo and Fabinho and, <laughs> and I think there's two places up for grabs Thiago's spot because he's, he's not fit enough in the minute to mm-hmm. hold that down and the striker Yeah. look at Chelsea do you want Lukaku mm, probably not really for us um, so I'm really not swapping that City I don't have a striker unless we want to play Foden in the false nine maybe potentially I'd probably say I'd take Foden and stick him in our midfield yeah um, beyond that it's difficult it's hard because it? we've got a pretty good team yeah 
It's more it's, it's it's more problematic who do you leave who do you get yeah. rid of out of our team than it is who do you take from theirs. My outside shout I know and this will probably cause people to like snort into their tea is to say someone like Timo Werner because as much as you become a little bit of like a mean because he can't finish his dinner. <laughs> no, no, but like people go on about it, I know like um, no, he can't finish his dinner. Is a big doesn't like him and all this kind of stuff, but. We clearly put a lot of time and effort into scouting him, and he was quite yeah. clearly our number one choice. And our number two choice is quite clearly Diogo Jota, yeah. and he's awesome. So it stands to reason that he Werner would be at least as good under under Klopp in Liverpool's in Liverpool's way of playing. At least as good as Jota. Yeah, I mean, it's a, like for like, but I'd still rather have Diego Jota, yeah. hands down. Mm-hmm. What what about uh, the Evan Mind then? Oh shit, it's just, just what about the Bruyne in the false nine? Because he's played up there for City, hasn't he? He, he can play, he can play fucking anywhere. Mm. Or Salah up front what, him, like on that right, what, or something like that. Kante, you fit, can you fit Kante in? Yeah, mm. to shout. Will you drop him? Are you dropping Fab though? It's tough, that isn't it? That's tough. The honest answer is here to the point. You, they're all great squads, but I just I I like ours. And this is the thing about not having lots of transfer <laughs> chain. <laughs> but not having lots of transfer chain does mean this is that I've grown quite attached to a, a great number of our side, and even like the the, the fringe lads. Like we we we, we saw the Divock Origi art house movie. Did you, <laughs> yeah, did you, watch, that, did you yeah. watch the link I put in the, in the group? Yeah. So no. I'm definitely sure. Oh, James. So no, I, 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 I keep talking about this. I meant to send this to Neil Jones through the week as well. Div, I don't know whether he's commissioned it himself, but he's certainly the subject matter. <laughs> Of a, like a six-minute art house film, like a deconstruction p- self-portrait of Divock Origi, and it's why was this not? Why was it more was of this? Yeah, but not more of it wasn't made in the WhatsApp chat, was it? Yeah, uh, no, no. To be fair, I don't think there was a lot of uptake on yeah. it. You talked about it. I think Jay, Jay it's, talked about it's, it. It's definitely a message in there. Like. It's great, and it completely and utterly changed my perspective on Divock to the point where I I love I love him again, and then he obviously <laughs> went and scored against West Ham as well off the back of it. And so yeah, I, I, uh, I that's my point. I, I'd struggle to even swap. We're going into the backup players. I would. I like Divock that much. You can't, you can't get rid of Divock. Divock's a big moment player, isn't he? <laughs> for, for, for all the frustration surrounding him, and there is a lot, and for all the games where he turns up and you go, fucking hell, Divock. He just does something utterly genius mental, and you go, well, that's our Divock. That's yeah. it. No, you're spot on. It's, it's just, we, we've got the best 11 in the league. Just problem is getting them all off there. Just the same keep them all fit. <laughs> keep them fit. Stay fit, please. Yeah. Fuck off international breaks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rohit Sharma here saying I'd have Bernardo Silva. Uh, I'd pro- he's one. Yeah. I, I, you look yeah. at that. What I think we want Harvey Elliott to do in our midfield, mm-hmm. I think that's what Bernardo Silva does at a world class level already for Man City. And of course, he can play across the front three if you need him to. It's like he's forgotten. Like he turned the way he played against us at Anfield. Like, oh. you know, everyone was going on our up most And United as well. Show, yeah. But he was just free roaming with the ball around the pitch, which was, was terrifying. Yeah. yeah he, so he's, he, I would definitely, I mean, he might be, there's a chance he's a bit of a bell end. Oh, definitely. But not a chance. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, this is a problem again. I don't really, I don't really pay attention to other teams' players. It doesn't so much feel like, like we have any bellends in our team, really. Do, is there anyone? Like, there's no one that I think you're probably a bit of a prick. You. Yeah, I don't there, know. There I isn't think, anyone. No, because I don't think it really. stands for. Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe there's a couple of like lovable rogues. You know what I mean? <laughs> the scouts lads have probably got a bit about them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but that's we love it. But other people might think, oh, he's a bit of a tool. Yeah. Cause no, I think I, I, yeah. I think that's a good point. That um, yeah, there's not many great. There's not actually a lot of people in the comments with too many shouts. To be fair, for honest, here we had that. We had Golo Kante as a, as a shout mm-hmm. there. Obviously, you mentioned Bernardo Silva, Jorginho. Has he got a Jorginho, shout? Jorginho, yeah. Um, but no, again, I mean, again, you'd all like we all like Kevin De Bruyne and stuff. But we're talking about. Injury prone mm. midfielders. Another one. There's another one who fit right in, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we, we, we could have Laporte as a backup. That'd do. Yeah. yeah. Who's the Who's the one that's meant that, to be good? Diaz. Diaz. I can't run him though. God, he's great, but he makes Matip look quick. It's just there's no need for me to be so just underhandedly like yeah. antagonistic there. Like you have no idea whether he's good enough or not. <laughs> um, again, don't, don't watch other teams. Um, yeah. Okay. Good suggestions there. Uh, it is a real a real struggle. Oh. 
Um, LFC crossbow LFC underscore backup says uh, do you guys still believe we can win something with all of these injuries because well, this will kind of lead on to our conversation after the break post break and what have you but I, there's, we're very up and down at the moment aren't we, aren't we James and it's mad because I did feel extra down I felt extra extra down last weekend mm. because I'd had to get up at seven o'clock in the morning to watch it because I was in Vancouver and the eight-hour time difference was murder. Um, but um, that definitely exacerbated my feelings. And I can understand why people's feelings are hyped up in, in those kind of circumstances as well. But it's hard to... It, it, it does overwrite it a little bit, but it, we can't let it detach ourselves from the fact that we've just pissed our Champions League group as well, the group of death. So you... Yeah, you want both. You want all things at all times. But I don't know. I, I think I do think we can win something with all those injuries because I've watched us play in the Champions League this season and, and at times thought, like Atletico, who, who should be on our level. Mm. I think we're I think we're levels Miles above them as an, as an example, as, as and they're the Spanish champion. Yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 about injuries and keeping people fit, but it's also about consistency and it's about. Ultimately, we're conceding goals. That's you know, and if you want to challenge for titles, if you want to win trophies, fundamentally, you can't be conceding the goals that we've been conceding against teams like you know, I'm looking at Brentford and teams like that. You just simply can't do that. And whilst we have we have got injuries, and we know we know the players that you know are injury prone, and you perhaps can't rely on you know for for, for 100 percent of your games in a season. Defensively, we've got a lot of cover and a lot of fit lads there. So you know, whilst I know we you know we do defend as a team, <laughs> fundamentally you, you've got to shore that up and you've got to stop conceding goals. And then from that as a foundation, then you can go and take it forward and try and win some win some tiles. I think this is the, the issue we've had with Liverpool. Like, this can't be proved until we see a bit more of a sample size on this. But I think we expected that more teams would follow the model of what was costing us points last season and would come and just park the bus against us mm-hmm. and go, yeah, go ahead. And we've gone, right, okay, we've worked all summer on how do we go more attacking to start blowing those teams away. And then we've met up with a bunch of teams that just keep throwing punches at us mm-hmm. and keep and keep playing a lot, you know, play a bit more like more like Leeds did at Anfield last season than say Burnley did at yeah. Anfield or Brighton did or whatever. Like you know, where, where teams we you know we really struggled to break them down. West Brom was the set the set the template, didn't they last year? How are you, how are you feeling, Sam? I know you you, you you are generally I feel like an optimistic person, yeah. but also that doesn't There's always never a time for your online. I'm always optimistic when it comes to things like injuries. I, I think they do get blown sometimes way out of proportion. Like even after last night, we, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a bit. Anyway, but for me, well, we're talking uh, about just for this, yeah, yeah. Robbo limped off, yeah, Mane limped off. So my perspective is, let's just see what Klopp says on Friday first. Like Robbo's a warrior; he's not injured unless he's injured. Mm-hmm. Same with Mane; they're both solid. They don't get injured. So anyway, uh, moving forward, that's what you asked originally. I think this year it's really interesting. The two cups I look at now and think, what are we more out of four? Are we more likely to win? Due to just the, the sort of landscape of the league after the West Ham results, having a couple of weeks to digest it, I think we can win the League Cup. City are out. Chelsea have got a hard task coming back from Qatar going to Brentford, and then I, I still think they're not as good as City anyway. I digress. Uh, and then we look. I look at the Champions League. The issue we've got with the League Cup, the issue we've got with the domestic is at the moment is that right now we're not buying anyone. We, 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 unless the club changes its mind or unless it does something in January as Neil said the other day we, we should do but we're going to struggle in January in a semi-final potentially into over two legs in the League Cup an FA Cup two minimum minimum two maybe three rounds to get through without some of our top players and a league campaign to keep up with after we've just played Leicester and Chelsea at Christmas we're up against it domestically at the minute mm-hmm. I think we can definitely win the Champions League but anyone can so We've just got to get. We've just got to take games two at a time. But like we did when we were chasing top four, go win the next two, see where we are in the league, do it I, again. I, I, to the point, I think yes, I think Liverpool can win. I, but I don't think I, this is the thing. With all these injuries, implies that all these players are now written off for the season, which they're not. Yeah, and that's the thing. At the moment, it's 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 going to be interesting to see what's available at the weekend, and it, because this time last year. Like we were, I know we'd had like the Villa defeat and, and what have you. We had a couple of like mad moments, but by the time we beat Spurs in December and went top of the league, I was convinced we were just going to piss it. We survived the Virgil Van Dijk injury. We were taking along okay, and it, out of the blue, it just took our legs away when we hit when West Brom and then into into January. 
So it's a bit too early to know, for sp- to speak with absolute certainty. My overriding gut feeling is that we're dead good. And until you start losing, until, you know, unless we replicate last season and we have like three season ending injuries to the midfield, to the key important lads. I imagine we're going to be in and, in and around the conversation, but of course you can't know. But of course, you, that there lies the path to madness because you can sit and wor- worry about what might happen if the worst happens. Um, and you don't need to wonder because you saw it. <laughs> we'll just finish. We've there. been there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so no, it is. It is definitely. A, it is. I understand the, the the anxiety around it, but yeah, as long as we're not, it doesn't get worse. And you just have a con- you know, you're getting lads back. That's it. A lot of our lads are interchangeable. Let's not, you know, let's not forget. And like you say, as long as it's not career-ending, season-ending injuries, we, sh- we 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 have got enough. But you're, I mean, you're right. I would, I'd love to see one or two in January. Yeah, I'd love to see. It's one the or Afcon, two. isn't it? That, that's that, that's the big thing, isn't it? Injuries as well, but. I'm, like, I'm considering everyone's fit at the moment in January. The problem, the thing is, though, the problem with Liverpool is it's still the problem from the summer remains. There's no more spaces in the Premier League squad. So if you want to sell, if you want to buy someone, you've got to sell someone. And I don't, you know, I don't think they've oxed on his chances any harm of, of, of resurrecting a potential move somewhere. But I also don't think he wants to. Again, having watched the deep cut art house interpretation yeah. of his psyche, I know that he, he he's, he's like he believes this is all part of his mm. plan. Like he's on the fringes, but he's got to wear, he's got to do put his work in, and he believes that. He's where he wants to be and where he needs to be and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think Liverpool, on the balance of things, would gamble chucking an Origi out and bringing someone in cold. I think we've got one spot, by the way. Yeah, Shakiri went, and there was all the talk of that. Remember, Shakiri's got to yeah. go before he brings something he didn't. Yeah. So unless Carrius has got a shirt, which I'm pretty sure he hasn't. I don't Carius think he's been. Yeah. yeah. So I think we've got one spot we could, if we wanted to, fill with an international player. Mm. So so. There is that chance, but yeah. okay. Well, I actually know you might be you might be spot on on that one. But the point, either way, the point remains on it is that if you're bringing someone in, look at I mean, look, Taki Minamino is a great example of this. That you know, we brought him in 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 the January to add to us, and he added a couple, a handful of minutes is what he was bringing to the what he was bringing to the side. So yeah, it is a tough one, right? Look, we um, I can't realise how sports news. I can't throw to an advert break just yet. Um, so let's let me fill time for a few more moments. Um, I went over. Um, to Vancouver as mentioned uh, I was privileged to be invited as Chris was as well uh, to be part of the Cop Canada event over in Vancouver it was a three day mega event for Liverpool fans in North America where basically we just went on the aisle and sang loads of Liverpool songs for three days with Bruce Grobelar Roy <laughs> Evans uh, and Phil Thompson I'll fucking do that one. it was <laughs> tremendous uh, anyway there is a 45 minute feature on that event that's going to be going on uh, on Redman Plus this afternoon uh, which is plays a load of songs too from the Ragamuffins they played an absolutely unreal set on the Saturday night um, so yeah there's loads of music loads of tunes loads of dancing loads of singing and loads of uh, great stuff including we're going to show you a little sneak peek of it uh, Roy Evans um, belted out a couple of numbers on the weekend <laughs> uh, but he, he did an incredible rendition of Ally um, so yeah have a little look at this and we'll be back in a second Hey everyone Mate here just a little insert from me to say that if you enjoy this podcast and the other podcasts that we put out for free and you want more than my word you can have more on the redmentv.com go over there sign up and get extra bonus shows from us each and every week as well as a whole suite of video content documentary features and interviews but yes you can also play those podcasts in your native podcasting app as well to have a seamless Redmen TV experience in your ears the redmentv.com sign up there today yes uh, that is just uh, just scratching the surface of the absolute magnificence of that uh, so yeah it was great to catch up with the uh, the Cop Canada guys all the fans over in Vancouver and uh, from the official Liverpool supporters group in Vancouver as well who are incredibly uh, generous with their hospitality they've got their own basically got their own pub and the the, the owner of the group of pubs has, put, has like decorated in Liverpool so he's got like like slogans from you'll never walk alone like stenciled onto the walls there's a big like uh, like sign up and all that kind of Stuff. It's just, it's just boss. It was, it was an absolutely amazing weekend. Um, yeah, 
just getting to hang out with the legends and sing Liverpool songs. What, what more? He's wild, isn't he, Roy? Christmas early, that, isn't he? Yeah, Rob, Roy was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's that literally seeing um, Roy Evans as well, like singing You'll Never Walk Alone, and like he breaks down crying at the end and all kinds. Oh my God, it's just brilliant. So, anyway, that video will be up on Redmen Plus on the redmentv.com uh, later this afternoon on the Tuesday. So, do check that out. And it is, of course, free view month as well. So if you haven't tried it yet, if you get over there and use the code REDMENPLUS, which is one word, all caps, REDMENPLUS, uh, then you can try everything we do over on our Liverpool streaming service completely for free. That's in video form and in podcast form as well, so you can get all of these extra shows, uh, like the podcast where we do uh, Around the League, we do the debate show, uh, Chris does his tactics show as well. Uh, there's a whole host of amazing stuff each and every week that you can get in your podcasting app uh, via our subscription service, so get involved. Right, yes big few weeks coming up for the Reds I've had longer than that but it I was a temptation to tie it, the conversation in James to Crimbo well done sorry. Um, tie it into <laughs> tie it into the Crimbo period but I kind of wanted to pull it back to the next sort of, uh, three weeks or so mm-hmm. taking it into December Arsenal at the weekend Southampton Everton with two Champions League the two remaining Champions League games kind of in, in amongst that as well um, I think being qualified for the Champions League is this is where we're going to see the benefits because clearly we've put a lot of energy into that and maybe that, maybe the league has suffered a touch as a result but you know we, we've boxed that with two games to go now you'd hope that that stands us in good stead to get some pick up some more points in the league it does but uh, Jurgen Klopp's got this habit of taking games uh, a bit seriously that you don't need to take quite so seriously He's got this habit of you. I mean, we've all we've all seen it, haven't we? When you know the team sheet gets released and you think, "Fucking hell, why? What's why is he playing them?" So don't like, don't be. You know, we're all saying, "Oh, you know, we're 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 through, and you know, it's all fine, and we can take our foot off the gas, and we can, you know, we can rest players." Don't be surprised if he goes if he goes hard and harder than is needed in these Champions League games because it's 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 a pride thing as well, and also we get we get we get a shit ton of money for winning these these group games as well. Let's not forget. So there's that side of it um, look, ultimately the, the league the league games are all winnable but I go back to what I said before it's about defence it's about not conceding any fucking goals because and if, if, if we start you know if we leak a couple all of a sudden, there's a different conversation to be had there, especially against the you know there's a Southampton team. They're not they're not they're not playing amazingly, but they've still got goal scorers there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a, I think there's a balance to be struck, and I and I do I do feel like we've tried to blitz the league here, and I, so we're very we're much more Man City like than I think we've been, and I think it actually goes all the way back to 1718. I think the, we were planning to be like this then, but Coutinho pulling the rug from underneath us at the start of the season and having to move kind of upset the plans for that a little bit and we had to go a bit more pragmatic and use what we had but I think we've actually hit upon a lot of the same issues that Man City have got where we will beat you 5-0 or you'll 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 give us a massive bloody nose. It's it's very similar to what they've been over the last sort of three or four years, which is a in some regards because we we're terrified of Man City, yeah. but it's also the reason why I, I, I you know Man City can lose to almost anyone, and yet you know that they can beat anyone five nil as well. It's funny because with the league, like I think the two best teams in the league are Liverpool and City still, mm. but. There's also that chance that Chelsea could just grind their way to like a six-point lead because just the way they play. So I completely agree with you. We've got a lot of City in us from 1920 at the moment where they were leaky but devastating. And but I do think we've been a bit unlucky last few games. When you look at the circumstances of the games, I mean, was it Muepo? Is that you say? Isn't it the goal he scored? Jesus Christ, he wouldn't do that in yeah. five seasons. Just one yeah. first goal for the club, <laughs> just happens, and then whatever. West Ham go into all the details of that game. I just think we've got to be a bit smarter. Um, that's all. I think defensively, actually, the back four haven't been too bad. I think they've done well. It's it's, it's what's in front of them. We yeah. just haven't been smart enough. We haven't controlled the tempo, slowed it down, little fouls. We just need to be a bit smarter in there and we'll be fine. And a bit nastier. That's it, yeah. Take a yellow card, you know, rather than three of you chasing after a kid who's rapid. Like when Bernardo did what he did, you spoke about it earlier. That should never have happened. One of them should have just kicked him up in the air and took a yellow card. Yeah. Straight away. Like, we don't... I think it's just... Learning that, but I think they will do that. I think they're like Robbo's got it in, and Fabino's definitely got it in. Milner, yeah, 100%. But 
Next few games, I, I think we'll be fine. I mean, Arsenal, they're going to play into our hands. Well, Arsenal's mm. an interesting test to kind of kick things off. We got a comment in, actually, um, let me just find it, from an Arsenal fan, no less, AFC Max. Yeah. Uh, $5 for the Super Thank you so much, Max. Um, sorry, boys, I like LFC, but Arsenal are going to win against you boys 2-0. You have eight players out, however, I still honestly believe both Arsenal and LFC will be top four. I mean, thanks for like the real, real condescension there. Um, I believe that Liverpool will be top four too. Um, the um, <laughs> thanks, Max. Thanks, Max. Um, yeah, uh, the the Arsenal. I, I mean, the idea of Arsenal is tough because people are carrying this notion that they're a bit crap, and I think it's false. I think they, they, they started the season poorly, but they also started the season without Aubameyang, without Lacazette. Yeah. They hadn't blooded the goalie, and they hadn't blooded Ben White, and yeah, I think T, and he had an injury problem. They had no party in midfield, so there was. To say some some issues they hadn't and they, oh yeah they haven't even brought Odegaard back in at that yeah. point as well they've got a good team they've actually got a decent manager my hope with them though is that they are still very early stages of this journey and we've had this before I, I always think back to Brendan Rodgers first season and we played Arsenal and we tried to pa- play passing football and they just went like <laughs> like you know like they, we were trying to play them at their own game and we were doing a rough impression of a YouTube yeah. tutorial and they were like you know <laughs> blooded into this world that's my sort of hope with Arsenal more than anything else in this I think, I think when you look at Arsenal though if like, like, let's just compare them to West Ham like Alisson's got this giant of a defender in front of him waving his arms around have Arsenal even got a six foot player in their team? Hmm. The Ben White's not six foot. I don't know. I don't know the lads. Are Gabriel, Gabriel. I think he's a big lad, but physically, uh, mentally, I will say that about Arsenal because we do know that they, you know mentally they've not been the greatest over over the few, last few years. They've crumbled a little bit. Experience wise, it's Anfield. I just think. We, for us to not win this game, we're going to have to be really bad at what yeah. we do best. Yeah. Like, Mo Salah will be licking his lips against that defence because Arsenal do. I, I know they've had a good run of games recently and they've done all right, but they can see chances and goals. Yeah. It, teams like Arsenal right now, we should be looking at and going, three goals. I know, I, I, I know it's a bit condescending to us, but that's where they're at. They're good. They've got loads of young talent, but Saka and Smith are not Mane and Salah. No, they're not. That's what I'm saying. So it's the levels difference. Partey is not Fabinho. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Paul, Paul's right. You say, you know, they, they, they're, they're, not, they're, they're earlier on in their yeah. journey. They're not, they're not the finished article. And that goes for the manager as well. He's still learning on the job. You know, so the, the, whole, the whole process. I, I think, you know, if, if, if they carry on down, down the path that they're on with a couple more signings, I think in 12, 18 months, I think it'll be a very different Arsenal. But right now, I'd much rather face them than uh, like a West Ham. West Ham, yeah. I mean, that, that was, you know, that was a Davy Moyes masterclass. Let's not be honest. Yeah. I mean, it was it was you know tactically very very astute, very intelligent, and, and executed really really well. Mm-hmm. I don't think Arsenal have got that. I still think they've got a soft underbelly, and like you say, I think you know you're coming up against players like Sadio Mane, assuming that he's fit, and yeah. you know you know Mo Salah, strong lads. They're just going to body that defense. Well, there was a point made in our club legend Discord group that there were people talking about the injuries and like the fears and all that kind of stuff around it, and I said, look. I- you can get sort of stressed out about it and, w- and worry about it. Ultimately, there's nothing we can do about it at this point. I and mean, you can start to rally and say it's all the ownership's fault and all that. When you know, I think Michael Edwards made a good point of pointing this out. Like it's him. He's you know Liverpool have got the squad they've got because of what he's cho- how he's chosen to help construct it along with the manager and stuff. I think back to and it's funny it's Arsenal as well. We Liverpool in 2004-2005 now we, we struggled in the league that season it was Rafa's first season in charge he was trying to get a tune out of it trying to change the style of play all that kind of stuff and he was ravaged by injuries that side but we, when, when a player drops out what it presents is an opportunity for another player to make themselves a hero and that's the beauty of Liverpool's squad depth as well is that we're not throwing in, in 2004 we threw Neil Mellor into that side and he scores the winning goal against Arsenal it's one of the greatest let-offs I've ever had watching a football match and I watched it on telly as well and I like ran round the, I was managing a pub in Sheffield and I literally I kissed the big screen ran round you know, a lunatic because Neil Mellor gave me that sort of moment and we had loads of them in that season Pongal came up with some big moments yeah. for us Liverpool have got the players that are on Liverpool's squad list this season who are likely to fall into that category are Divock Origi who has done it before at the high, at the highest level you know again Taki Minamino he's you could make the case of he's not been given a chance because maybe he's not good enough but maybe it's just that everyone else is so good that he just hasn't been quite been given that. the chance to do it yeah probably it's is that, that yeah. and this is, this is the thing we've got this game coming up is that even if we have got a couple of players missing it, it should give Arsenal a better chance, but also it, 
under that siege mentality, it might actually benefit Liverpool a bit because we have been a little bit up and down and maybe it causes them to just, I don't know, buck their ideas up a bit because I just think there's a bit of sloppiness at times mm. that's cost us. AC Milan's a great example of that. Mm. We, we were streets ahead giving the, giving the ball away yeah. man that's what re- really winds me up yeah. man we've been middle of the park middle of the park there's no you're not under any particular pressure just a loose ball just you know it's, it's, it's come down to concentration and just focus and just getting your head up and having a fucking look before you make a pass it's, it's really really basic stuff but fundamentally if you don't get that right then you know you're all over the shop aren't you yeah and Arsenal represents a big opportunity because it's a big game as well mm. big game big opportunity going to be a big atmosphere at Anfield as well I mean again the Brighton game was just that was one of the I remember thinking about it it felt like the most normal football game I've been to in, yeah. no no but like in like in like a few years it was the first time there was no I don't know if there were queuing issues outside but it felt really easy to get into the ground everyone was very relaxed it was casual but there was no it was and there ended up being no atmosphere as a result of it because there are games and there always were these games where you kind of take it for granted and it sounds stupid because you know when you don't go it's hard to imagine a world where you wouldn't go and scream your heart out for 90 minutes and that kind of stuff but there's always been those games where you actually need the players on the pitch to jeep the yeah. crowd up and then you get and then you get it back whereas Arsenal is the perfect synergy the players are going to be up for it the fans are going to be up for it it's a good footballing team it'll be a good footballing game so regardless of who we've got available and what we do this should be a, they're actually a pretty decent side for us to play it's not Chelsea mm-hmm. It's not City. It's not West Ham again. You know, it's a it's a team that, as, as we say, are, are early on the journey. Will have ambitions to cause us problems because they'll think if Brighton can do it, hell, we can do it. But I th- hopefully, it's got that perfect storm. There's a good super chat here actually from Connor S to kind of follow on a bit of the point about the defensive issues he says uh, do we think it's possible defence is suffering psychologically uh, suffering psycho- psychology issues due to last year's injuries i.e. Lucas after his ACL maybe um, I don't think I don't think Virgil van Dijk's back to his best yet mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's worth I think that's worth pointing out I have a moment and you feel the same whenever he goes into a, a Virgil van Dijk one-on-one situation I do just Mm. clench a little bit mm. more now I haven't really seen him have yeah. any he's dealt with all of those but I do feel like every time he takes the field and he has one of them it's another hurdle for him on the on the way back to where he needs to it, be it, it's funny because do, do you know the, the second goal West Ham score when we talk about yeah, he should have been taken down the ball gets played mm. through and if you watch Van Dijk it's the same happens in the Griezmann scores his second goal as well actually at, at the Wanda Van Dijk doesn't throw his body along the floor to just get in the way like and he's a big guy he could have and you watch that and you think he's almost sort of half standing and I'm thinking why are you just launching yourself on the floor mm. so I do what that might just be him this, what is this but he's never been that wise. defender though yeah yeah, yeah that's what, that's what I mean. yeah, he might not but that kind of come to him but I'll be honest with you I haven't seen anybody yet have him off I haven't seen anybody do him in the off in the offside trap. It's always Robbo being a bit too deep. Trent or Matip at times or Gomez, whoever's playing next to him. I haven't seen anything yet. Antonio didn't want to go near him. Every time Antonio had the ball, he's one of the most powerful forwards in Europe at the moment in terms of how quick he is, strong he is, and how many goals he's got. And every time he went near Van Dijk, he did get he got a corner at best. He, mm. I don't know. I, I just feel like we're being sucker punched and we're being un- we've been unlucky. I mean. The, the, the Brighton first goal the two of the West Ham goals off corners I don't really know what the defence can do there mm-hmm. Alisson can be stronger the yeah. ref can help mm-hmm. us that's it I mean are the defence really that bad I just, want to, I just a, a point that's worth pointing out we do this every year and it's this point of the season every year and we seem to have a mad blind spot for it every football fan does this and I, I know this because we used to do social club on Ball Street where I'd sit every Monday with like Ped from, uh, from Toffee TV and I'd sit with Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV and I'd sit with like Housen from you know um, Stratford Paddock and all that kind of stuff all these lads following all these different clubs particularly when it's the pressure cooker of Champions League and, and, and league football and when you, you want to win and you're under the microscope of there being six or seven teams for four places as well it always feels like there's a crisis when you're not perfect. Yeah. And we are in that stage. And now the season we won the Champions League, we were exactly like this as well. We had we had a couple of sticky results in and around in and around this time of the season, where again you're balancing both and it feels like the sky's falling down on you at all times and it feels indicative of a larger generalised problem but every club kind of has this you know people aren't focusing enough on the fact that like City haven't been great no. either at times you know Chelsea are due 
a little a due a rough patch at some point they might not got a couple of tough games they, have, yeah. they haven't been outstanding Chelsea no. they, they, you, you mentioned it earlier they're kind, of, they're kind of grinding out sort of one maybe two nil results there's nothing kind of there's nothing really like I'm watching them and going fucking hell there, there's a title contender the fact that we're, we're talking more about Man City speaks volumes I think yeah and they've looked they're both brilliant teams and the thing is they've both got the quality and the depth and now the silverware winning experience and we know this from first hand experience you can just go it feels to me this season it's very unrecognisable because we're so used to if you want to win the title you've got to put down a 95 point season to (laughs) do it it. because that's how we've needed to to achieve it you know we finished second with 97 points Mm. or whatever this might be a return to the norm where you can win the league with you, you can't lose five games but you can maybe lose three or four yeah. and still and still win the title this might be more of an 86 point sort of sort of campaign but we can't know that now at the moment it feels on top it feels like it's all on Liverpool because you look at fourth and it feels like we're more in a battle for mm. you know the fourth place all of, all of a sudden because of a couple of a dodgy results whereas if you can put a 10 game winning run down, You'll you'll blow a lot of those a lot of those teams yeah. away. Is my is my feeling on it? But again, it's it's it. You can't see that until it actually happens. Of course, um, I want to have a little look down at Liverpool's. Obviously, we've, we've touched upon Liverpool's fixtures already, but we know we got Arsenal on Saturday. That's the half five. We got Porto at Anfield on Wednesday. Southampton at Anfield on the Saturday, mm. and the Merseyside derby takes us into December uh, at Goodison Park on the first. A quarter past eight as well, which would be a, which would be a big one. Um, Spicy, yeah, I know, right? Uh, and the fact that you know there's so much on the line there, least of all next year's Christmas jumpers. Um, <laughs> jump at the side. Um, but I love, I love that that's even a thing oh, nowadays. A thing, Whenever yeah. we play Everton at Christmas, you're just thinking like, I've got, I've got to sing the Merry Christmas Everton song. That's like it becomes it's a Christmas tradition. I've at got this I point, hope Dave plays yeah. some, just some part in that game. Yeah. Um, so, but that's interesting. Obviously, go. We, we then travel to Wolves. And then heading beyond that, we're heading into the festive period. We'll talk about the Villa game in a little bit. We're going to talk about the Gerrard stuff uh, to follow. But that's Liverpool stuff. Looking at the Chelsea fixtures, um, they have got a really interesting run of games now. So they're away at Leicester at the weekend. They then have Juventus at home in the Champions League. Now, they're pretty much... Yeah, they don't pretty need, much they need a done. Point. Yeah, it's pretty much done in the Champions League, but still, you know, Juventus. It's top. It's Juventus are top of the group, though, so they've got to beat them to yeah, yeah, to overgo. Over. Absolutely, they then host Manchester United on the Sunday, which is obviously that's a give three, a three point give to Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> they've got Watford away, West Ham away uh, as we head again heading into December. So that's a that's a I mean, the Ma- United thing notwithstanding. There's a bunch of games you could conceivably you could lose all of them games. They won't because that's yeah. not how it works. But you could lose any one of those games of football. I mean, look, Ranieri has had a bit of chance to settle Watford down by that point as well. Makes that certainly a little bit more interesting. Uh, taking a look down to the Man City fixtures. Um, they have got the Ev at the weekend, uh, which again at home, which you'd expect them to do the business in. But uh, they've got mm-hmm. PSG in the Champions League because again their group is very much not done. Yeah, um, that'll be a, that's a massive game. They've then haven't played PSG on the Wednesday. They then host West Ham at that yeah. on the Sunday. That's huge. Um, they've then got Villa on the first of December. Stevie G, Stevie G, followed by Wof- followed by away to Watford. So it, again on paper, it looks a bit more favourable but I'm sure we would have looked at West Ham and thought oh well West Ham we can do we'll do alright there but as we've proven West Ham can definitely throw some uh, throw some heavy digs around themselves West Ham are a confident team yeah. and they're, they're dangerous when they're confident they always have been when, when, when a few years ago when they had that little push in the top four in the last season mm. at uh, the boiling is, is what the, the bowling is what they decided to call it for one year it was always up to par it was up to par <laughs> always up to par <laughs> yeah. that was a that nonsense. was mad wasn't it yeah. the bowling the bowling ground where, where? The bowling ground <laughs> no it's up to par yeah. lads come on but yeah that season when they had Pye and they were, they were really really strong I might have had Andy Carroll where he actually put a season out or you know played Half 20 games yeah played the uh, last 10 games and yeah. then made you think oh he's good for England in the but summer. that's it, it I, I, when they're playing like with that confidence they just seem to get on a bit of a roll mm. and that's where they are right now so they're, they're a threat and they you know as way, what they've done to us they can give bloody noses to the others they might not beat them they might draw with them or have a few really tough games it takes a bit out of them they look like they're really enjoying their football yeah. to me 
me. They, they, they're playing with smiles on their faces, which you know is, is, is quite, is quite yeah. a rare thing coming into Christmas. Yeah, yeah, oh, <laughs> the boys. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so now, I mean, the, the point is, what Liverpool need to do, I, I you know, there's a, it's either the, the 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 gap that started to form between us and Chelsea, which is a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a concern because it's a, it is a growing gap because we had our opportunity to to turn it round and we we kind of blown that in the last couple of weeks. We're about to, I think, the next those next three to four games is going to determine whether we are. That was just a little bit of a, a misstep whilst we were sorting other bits and pieces out. And because the, 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 the Christmas running is going to be telling, I think from there on in, from December to the end of January, the sort of mid February, is going to be the real meat of the season. That's going to decide the title, I, I, I think, largely. And we need to know whether we're in a title challenge or not. Because I always say you're not actually in a title challenge until 10 games from the end, really. But you can be miles out of it by that point and we've seen other teams drop off how many times Chelsea have been in a three-way title race and by the second week of December they're gone mm. completely gone spares same out, out, out of the picture we need to make sure as we head into December we are within three points or no worse than we are currently of the of the top and we need to see how, how see how that sort of lies um, we need to hit our stride because as I've said this on previous shows you know, I, I, I still maintain that we, we're nowhere near our best yet this season you know the, the, the Atletico they were, they were shit Man United they were shit mm. you know, we, you know uh, aside from that we haven't had any really big scorelines we haven't really battered that many teams we haven't really done the absolute business that we know these players well we've, batter, we've battered lots of teams it's just we haven't ground wins out that's that, the difference yeah yeah, no, we've done, yeah, we've yeah. Done, this is my point that's why we're very Man City is that you know you see it all the time when you when Ma- the archetypal Man City defeat is to is to a plucky side that works really hard and gets in <laughs> yeah. your face you know when you think about that defeat to Norwich away yeah, a couple yeah. of seasons ago the last time they were up that's the teams that beat Man City and that's the teams that are that are causing us loads of problems this season um, and we are we, you know we, we had that run of not score you know winning by three goals in every away game for the first. 500 away games of the season or whatever we have the capability of doing it but we what we've lost two things is we don't seem to be able to just win 1-0 and yeah. go oh we've got our goal then all the best yeah all the best you come swinging for us and we'll, and, you know, we'll, and, and we'll grind this one out and we haven't got that magic turnaround goal yet the one where it's heading into the final five minutes and you just find a way to win and, I, and my fear is that that's that's why I don't think we'll win, I don't think we'll win the title unless we discover that again. But then again, I have one experience of us winning the league, <laughs> yeah. and and we had that that yeah. season. But then we also won the league by the biggest margin anyone's yeah. ever won the league. So I don't think that's ever going to happen again. But if if you look at we've lost one game in twenty six matches, and that game took two road PVAR decisions. One was. 50-50 they got, I'm accepting that that's fine Ogbonna whatever but the, the red card Jesus Christ that, that was a red card and it will be a red card every other game this season so it took that it took Mane to miss two absolute sitters Alisson to have a really poor game by his standards and let three goals and he probably would look back at and think I should have done better on all of them mm-hmm. so it took all of those things and we still lost by one goal going into the final seconds of the game it took all those things for us to lose a game of football how often is that going to happen this season when the referee your form your fortune Junior striker who scored loads of goals recently misses two glorious chances. How often is that going to happen for us? And I think that's the positive you've got to look at. It took all of those extreme circumstances for us to lose. We've already played City and Chelsea and United once, so we're only going to play them one more time. United the crap anyway. So, you know, I'm confident of that. Where I do worry a little bit is the draws mm-hmm. but I again I don't think I, I think that's it now well, that's I, I'm confident we're now going to go no the, the draws are what stand between a title winning side and a top four side and it's because that's the, that's the process you come in and you say you're outside the top four it's defeats the cost yeah, yeah. You change, what happens is you turn defeats into draws and you get in the top four and then if you want to challenge the title you turn draws into wins and, and unfortunately it just looks a little bit like domestically that we're reverting those wins are turning back into draws and look the thing that's worth noting on this is most of those draws have come from winning positions. So we've we've looked, and people might go, "That's a big concern." But I would still hark back to the fact that look at who we've got on the pitch. Mm-hmm. We're still we still got the it's still Allison, Van Dijk, Matip, Trent, Robbo, largely wow. for for being in front of them. You know, Henderson. That's the back six seven that you know we've 
had the best defensive record in the league with those with those players. So if you're going to bank on a team and back a, a set of players to get it right, it's yeah. probably going to be the set of lads. This is not like it's not like when we had Lovren and or when we had Scale or yeah, yeah. Sacco or, or Torre or all these lads you're like you hope they're good enough we actually know these lads are good mm. enough they just need to and I, I said this before I feel like there's an attacking dial and we've just turned it a little bit too far and I don't think we quite know how our in-game management to switch it back we haven't quite got that right but again you, again, you back these lads and these coaches and all that kind of stuff to get it right. Uh, right, we're going to talk a little bit more in a second uh, about Steven Gerrard and what Villa could do in terms of all these things we've discussed. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Right, let's talk Stephen Gerrard. Um, uh, 11th, he started at Villa, 11th of December, James, Villa at Anfield. How do you think you're going to feel about that? Genuinely, I have no idea. Yeah. I... I, 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 I I have, I've never got used to the idea of Steven Gerrard coming back to Liverpool in any kind of context as a manager or it's it's he was such 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 an integral such a huge part of my childhood and my you know I can't I struggle to think of a time before Steven Gerrard I mean obviously I've you know I've been following Liverpool since 89 90ish um, but I, Steven Gerrard is the most important player in, in my in my life. The, yeah. the impact that he's had is is you know can't be underestimated. To see him managing another team, I just I just don't know. I don't genuinely don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, we've seen plenty of like you know legends return. We've seen ex managers come back. But I it's mean, not Stevie. We've got the Rafa thing to contend with before all that as well, oh, of yeah. course. But you're right. But that the Steven Gerrard thing to have someone. I mean, I guess the most the, the best example of this is is Kenny bringing. Blackburn, that, yeah. uh, and actually winning the title at Anfield, which is a bit of a mad, a mad thing. But generationally speaking, it's not not our generation. That's the generation. That was the, that was the first season I started going the match, and I remember because it won't be like this. Singing always look on the bright side of life when we when when we won when Blackburn won. And yeah. United <laughs> didn't, and I didn't quite get why we were singing that. My dad was telling me like, you know, this is a good thing. You know, Kenny's won it. It's not United. Yeah. We, but and we won the match. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be like. I think you know for me I'm not bothered because I'm really pleased for him um, I saw a really interesting comment on one, on the Around the League so actually uh, one of the lads who was on with, with, with was it with Ross it must have been Ross yeah he said um, that he didn't think Gerard was as good a manager as Dean Smith I think he's a better manager than Dean Smith but I think he's a brilliant manager to go up and do what he's done there unbeaten you forget the European campaigns he's had as well mm-hmm. you know, he's done really well for Rangers I think he's a proper manager and you can see everything about him is aura them, them Villa players are going to know it's different the minute they have that first training session it's standards it's, exa- standards, it's exactly mate. the same standards yes. that he had as a player yes. he would demand demand yeah. I and mean, you've heard it from players that would sign for Liverpool on their first day at training Gerald would smash a ball yeah. at him and, and go, go go on and control that go on 
Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what you're up against. This because because this is the standards that I set myself, yeah. and this is what I expect from everyone around me. He, I watched his interview this morning, Gerard's first interview. With oh, the, I haven't watched it. Oh, it's, no. it's, it's oh, great. Yeah. He says exactly. He says everything <clears throat> that you'd expect, and he comes across exactly how you'd expect. The demands that he puts on himself. He's excited about the job, but ultimately, those those players are auditioning now. Yeah, they're auditioning for Steven Gerrard. Yeah, you've got you've got to impress because he, he's got no no room for sentiment. If you don't deliver, if you don't if you don't put a shift in, you. Fucking out. Have you seen the clip going around of Jamie O'Hara when he's talking about Gerard? <laughs> like he, he's on talk shows in the O'Hara and he was saying um, they were talking about comparing him to and he went, it's not even a comparison. He's that played against them all. Every, and he said, Stephen Gerard on a football pitch is just on a different planet to anyone else. He, and he just goes through all of his assets and facets and he's talking about how brilliant he is. And that's it. He, he's going to take that in. Like, all those Villa players will know as well. Some of them may have played against him if they're a bit older and some of them will have heard about him to come through. They'll know that he's arguably the greatest football player this country has produced pound for pound over the last 30, 40 years. Like, genuinely. They'll know what they're getting into. They'll know what he did for this football club and they'll want it. They'll be more excited for Steven Gerrard after two weeks than they were for Dean Smith ever because he's a local lad a great Dean Smith but Steven Gerrard is Steven Gerrard for me coming back to your question I don't know what he's going to be like that is going to be weird I think weird mm. I think he, he I think he'll be respectful but I also I you know what I want I don't want him to be full Suarez but I actually <laughs> but, no, but, I, but I want him to I want him to take it seriously he's not, coming, he he's not coming to Liverpool for the jollies you know what no. I mean if he wants to be Liverpool manager I mean I think back to I don't want him to beat us by any stretch but I think back to like <laughs> Benitez's Valencia absolutely schooling us at Anfield yeah. and putting in an audition you know it's a bit early really you know it's still he would have had long to kind of get them up and running he'll have had what three or four weeks yeah. or whatever by that point if that I, I don't know I, I want us to beat them but I want I want to see a little bit of Something because he, it is he is auditioning, he's auditioning for all of us. We all love Gerard, but we all there is still that undercurrent. There's people who would be like, just give it to Pep Linders because he's there. He he's in he's into the squad. He knows the workings, and he also doesn't carry with him. And I keep using this word, but it's true. The anxiety of Steven Gerrard. I know a lot of people didn't want him to take the Villa job because mm. they're scared of what if he's not good enough to be Villa manager and he causes them problems. Well, the honest answer is he probably it, it, that might damage his chances of being Liverpool manager. Which is probably a good thing because you, he's got to go through. He's got to go through trials. He's got to improve as a guy. He's got to fail ultimately. Maybe he's yeah. got to fail. He's got to, He's got it. I'm not saying necessarily. I'm not saying get, get relegated with Villa. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. But he's got. He's got. To, he's got to go through some real. Some real tough times. This yeah. is going to be. This is. This. This is a different fucking beast yeah. to that Scottish Premier League. Yeah. This is a different beast. And failing doesn't necessarily mean. Like an ultimate failure getting sacked no, no, or whatever. No, no, no. He's got to struggle a little it, bit. It, I mean, I mean, getting, I mean, getting knocked out of, of, of oh, FA yeah. Cups yeah, and, and beat by big teams three 0 Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Getting schooled and having to go back to basics, you know. And hopefully that that'll happen but, at, at Anfield. Do you know the type of manager he is though? I, I actually thought Gerard before he went into management would be a little bit like Zidane. I thought mm -hmm. he'd come to Liverpool, he'd go through the ranks, he'd end up as number two or one of the team, and then become manager because. I'm going to digress here, but I actually think um, Gerard could do really bad at Villa and be really good at Liverpool yeah. because of who he is and the command in character that he does and the standards he sets. Because you've got Linders, who's this wonder coach. Because by all accounts, Michael Beale's a wonderful coach. He's the one who does all the tactical genius, and Gerard holds the fort. He's yeah. the the sort of the, the Jurgen Klopp, the Zinedine Zidane, the, the Ancelotti. Because th those ones I mentioned aren't superb coaches in terms of the nitty gritty. We know Klopp does it a bit. Then Pep Guardiola is a top coach and elite coach, but he's not. He's on the training ground and he stop and play. Whereas you imagine Klopp's a bit more. He allows his team to do their thing, and I think, I think I thought Gerard would be a bit of a figurehead manager. Yeah. But actually, he's actually gone and done what the, the managers who, who've never played pro football have done and gone and managed an under-18s team and took a gamble and gone and oh, done Rangers when no one wants it. Villa. I think, I think he is the figurehead management thing, but also, but not like, not like what Alex Ferguson was, to yeah. certainly in the back end of his, oh, yeah, of his magnetic areas, career. Yeah. You're right. He's he's got a grounded understanding and all the things that go on around and how, how things work. And he, he does care about the coaching side of things, but you're right. 
footy's changed. We all do this. It's like it works in, in the coaching staff as well as it works in the ownership structure. And we we oversimplify things a little bit. So it's all Jurgen Klopp. It's Jurgen Klopp this, Jurgen Klopp yeah. that. Whereas Jurgen Klopp is surrounded by geniuses who all handle various aspects. Michael it's like, Edwards. It's like me. Michael it's like Edwards, me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not great, yeah. but I've got loads of people <laughs> who are really good around. You guess just the just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are people who are very good at their jobs around it because you can't. You, you reach a point where you can't do it all. Klopp did it all at Mainz, and Gerard probably would have had a. a a greater hand, you know, in the under 18s or whatever, because you don't need to, you don't have a five man team around you at that at that level. But now you're right. He's got Gary McAllister and he's got Beal and he's got uh, Tom Culshaw yeah, as well, and he's yeah. got a bunch of other fellas who, who, who's brought. So yeah. Anyway, we, we're getting lost in the, the Gerard for Liverpool chat, but the Villa stuff's interesting because. In terms of their fixtures, so the next couple of games coming up, he's got Villa uh, on Saturday as his first game at home. Crystal Palace, they then play, as mentioned before, they play Man City at home on the 1st of December, which is, there's a little chance here that Gerard could have a real, like, a, a real say in what happens in the title race. So, obviously they've played, they played Chelsea already and got, uh, and got battered by them 3-0. But they played at, really at well yeah. and had loads of chances. Yeah, and they got knocked out by them uh, in the EFL Cup uh, as well. But the point to that is they've still got to play Chelsea at home. They've got to play us twice and they've got to play City twice as well. And in a wonderful little turnabout of all these things, Man City final game of the season is Villa at the Etihad. <laughs> Um, God, we love it. We love running it. down the touchline. We love a, we <laughs> love a narrative, don't we? We fucking love a story, Steven don't we? Steven Gerrard doing a slip celebration. That's when he brings himself on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Honestly. Um, so there's definitely there's defo wonderful sort of narrative developing around That's that. Anyway, um, right. Look, uh, let's have a. We got a super chat in here from it crossbow, which we probably should have done a little bit earlier. But so the FSG must bring in one or two players in January, even if it's only on loan. FSG should have learned last season that we needed a few players for depth. I I, I agree with everyone. By the way, I would be loads more like relaxed if you, if it was like Virgil Van Dyke if we announced over over Christmas that we've we've got this lad boxed off and he's coming in and he's going to come in and help us out big time like I don't know who that lad is I'm not entirely certain where I want him to play it might be midfield it's probably, it might be an attack I think the attack thing makes sense because we're going to lose Salad and Mane for a spell in January certainly the way I fall down on this and I, and I, and I most people obviously watch the channel for a long time know I'm a, I'm a fairly upbeat person in general that doesn't mean I'm a fucking moron maybe sometimes but like you know what I mean? I'm not a happy clappy dick who doesn't consider the negatives of what I'm saying my only worry with this Two things, I think, I, 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 the simplicity with which we always go, it's FSG when it's clearly, there's lots and lots of people who actually make the decisions in this, not the owners. The owners go, here's your budget, go and do, go and do your job. And it's it's Michael Edwards and Klopp and Ian Graham and et cetera, and, and you know, Mike Gordon and tons of other people involved in the process. Julian Wood's probably going to have a bigger say in this because he's taken over uh, from Michael Edwards. I agree, except that I saw what happened last January when we went into the transfer market to try and solve a problem for six months and ended up with two of the worst centre-halves Liverpool have ever bought. Um, <laughs> we don't know. You, you, take, we don't that, know you take that back. <laughs> we don't know. I've never seen that Ben Davies play. Well, no, we bought a fucking hologram and we bought and we bought Ozan Kabach who is now absolutely tanking at Norwich because um, <laughs> you know we, we play, I know and look and I thought Kabach was alright by the way I, I think he's, I think he's okay but to the proof we clearly wanted Canate and we couldn't get Canate so we had to get something and this is the danger of being just get a body and just get a player all you have to do is look down the road at Manchester United all you have to do is look down the road at Manchester United or what happens when you buy players without a fucking he's a good example without a fucking yeah. plan he's a good player though like you I mean he but he's like but he, like so I, yeah, to but, me, but, but yeah. it's about but it's about the plan if yeah. you go back if you're going back to yeah. FSG and you're going back to the structure around it and who makes the decisions and who wants the players in ultimately it, it stops with Klopp if, if Klopp has a system and he has an idea and he has he has a, a, a um, you know there's, there's a list of players and, and it's a very very specific list he's not just going to get someone because A they're available or B they're brilliant because it, the, fundamentally if it's like, it's like a jigsaw puzzle you can't you can't you can't jam players into, into a team that doesn't fit look at Manchester United yeah. what's Ronaldo happening Ronaldo scores loads of goals but actually doesn't help the team so it counter, it's the counter it, exactly you can't exactly. win either way with him exactly and Klopp, Klopp's more likely to wait until the summer even if we do need to get 
get a player in. He's more likely to wait until the summer when someone becomes available. It's just, I get it, of the idea of instant gratification, which we all want. By the way, no one doesn't want Liverpool to just be good now and be the best now. <laughs> we all want that, right? You want that, right? If you don't, you're accepting mediocrity yeah, or something like whatever. Uh, we all want Liverpool to be the best. And there's not a Liverpool fan in the world that doesn't want Liverpool to be the best. I'm amazed that I have to say these words out loud. But the, um, <laughs> but the point is, what they've what they've always said is, when the right player is available, they'll they'll go and move for, for the right for the right player. And again, to the point, Canate comes in and solves a problem. Now it solved it. Unfortunately, it took us a year to solve that problem, and that maybe capsized and maybe it damaged what we were trying to do but you, Liverpool are always building for beyond this one season and I understand that that's a very hard way to live because we, we sometimes read that as well we're giving up on this season which is not yeah. not the case I, I it's who's available and who can you get and who, who you know if, and who improves you and who's, who's selling a player good enough to to, to join Liverpool at that it's point broad, as well you, you've got to look abroad haven't you I, I like, like we would look, we look at players like Rafinha you go oh great player yeah of course he's sent Max amount loads of raw talent but those clubs need those players to be Premier League teams next year that ain't going to happen and then you I think you've got to look you've got to look abroad like us look at when we signed Van Dijk it should have happened in the summer we ended up getting him in the January the deal was clearly done about October Canate we, we played them in uh, February and it was like announced yeah. clearly that deal was done or close to in January right you can't have now you can have them in the summer here's his buyout okay so it, I wouldn't be surprised if the team looked at him for we've got four very good forwards I'm focusing the forwards here and loads of midfielders none of them are really going to be missing until January unless they get injured but in January we've got a hell of a problem and we could have injuries people are going to be tired by then so we may I would I will be very surprised if we don't do something in January I, Neil Jones said the other day on, on, on the show it was a really good show actually and I and, and I and I, um, and I agree, agree with him it would be catastrophic if we don't do something in January for a forward line midfield will solve itself but it just doesn't make sense mm-hmm because, like you said, who's going to play in the cup games? Yeah, but we say this, and, I, and again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I don't want to feel like I'm going to bath for like a, a, the negative side. This is the hardest part about how, how, and trying to host these conversations is it somehow presents itself as, a, as my nailed-on <laughs> view in these things. The problem remains is that you're still going to get a player who's good enough, and so you're not buying. Are you just buying another Divock Origi? Are we buying another Taki Minamino? You're buying no. an eighteen-year-old from Salzburg called was it Kevin Adeyemi? Whatever his name is, yeah, someone like yeah, that. Exactly, Kevin, absolutely, like that. but that's who you go and get. You no, don't go and buy a twenty-five-year-old superstar, do you? No, no, well, no. But you can't. Well, you can't sell that project anyway. Because, exactly. Because what happens after the Afcon? You go. Oh, by the way, these lads are coming and straight. And that back is exactly the, the point because you've got yeah. a Japanese international right now who can't get. A, who can barely get a look in the side. You've got a Belgian international. I know he's not been in the side for a while, but yeah. you know, in Divock you can't get in the side. Switzerland's best player couldn't get in the team, so we just sold we just sold him in the summer. There's there's a very fine margin of levels. Like, you know, everyone's going about Pat and Dacher in the summer, and he, you know, I know he scored a couple of weeks ago, but he's not he's not set that world alight at Leicester yet, and he might well come to do that. We've if we buy someone in January, it's because we it's not because we've gone, oh shit. It's because it was someone we would have bought in the summer anyway. And that's what we should be aiming for. What we should be trying to do is that if there's a summer sign and we're like, and again, like Canate, you've got to go and try and bring that forward by six months. And that's going to cost you extra. And it's mad. I've been doing this for 11 years now and I've been saying this for fucking years. We had I said this with Nabi Cater, where we said, can we get Nabi Cater? Can we, can we pay more money and get Cater in early? Could we pay more money and get a Rigi in early? We said this back in yeah, the day. Yeah. We've had these conversations tons of times in the past. It's very rare that those things happen, but... Maybe, yeah, maybe what, there's a possibility. You're not, you're not going to let your star player go in the middle of the season if you're Salzburg or whoever. I don't care how much money we, we've got a fucking league to, you, to compete. I mean, for. you might do if there's like a like, again to the Minamino case if there's a release clause and you're aware of because that's what we did. Mm-hmm. You know, we we, we triggered attacking Minamino's release clause and that's how we got him out of. Well, they, they let Haaland go in January. They've got yeah. form for it. Yeah, those they, kind they of have. teams have got form yeah. for it. Even Rebels, so because Rebel Leipzig are going to. I don't know who plays the form from these days. I know they've got a lad who scored a few goals, but them for instance, they're going to go out of the Champions. In fact, they can't qualify now. The best they can get Europa League because they're Group City in it and PSG. So those kind of teams so if we're shopping there we can get our man if we're shopping in the Premier League we've got no chance yeah agreed yeah I, th- I think that's right look there will be an answer out there certainly to the problems but there's no point again what, I, what I'm not here for is the notion of get a, get a loan or get a just get, yeah. a, get a player in it's bullshit it's how you end up as a rubbish football team Liverpool should only go and buy someone who improves the first 11 and if you can't then you have to suck it up and get 
by with what you've got because you don't realise you're doing it at the time. But like as an example, imagine if we'd shit the bed and signed Kabak permanently yeah. in January and then not been able to afford Canate, we'd have without realising it because we'll never know what we missed. But we'd have, we might not have been able to afford Canate and then without without it's not tangible at the time. But you've actually weakened your squad. Because you've got a, a, a player for, for not holding on for six months, you've ended up with the worst player in your side. So if we do, if we bottle it and buy someone in January, who's not, you, you need to be at least as good as Diogo Jota. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, I agree. Or, and, or have the potential to be if they're like eighteen. You know yeah, what I mean? And, and, but but even then, what 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 are you paying for them? And, and where does that fit in? And realistically, are you then standing in the way of one of the young lads that we've already got? In terms of that, how much better are they than Kay Gordon? Yeah. So if you're buying an eighteen-year-old, is he better than what you've got already? And we'll think yes because he's a new player. Because we always do that. We love shiny new. Don't know what we do. I do. We all do. I, the only reason I play fucking football manager and chat manager is because you do it for the signings. And playing the actual games, all the fucking people with the little sliders doing play, playing matches stressful. <laughs> playing the games is stressful. Like, you know, I, I prefer the summer, the, the, the January and the, and the summer windows when it's all fun and it all exists in prospect. That's what they've got to balance. You've got to go and get a generational talent. But again, yeah, we, we we're always judging it on the here and now. But the club's not run on the here and now. It's run over over longer periods. We don't know that us, us clamouring for something to happen in January, like uh, entitled, over-entitled little mini-bags. We, we want it immediately. We, we, we yeah. live in a very immediate world. Yeah. And as football fans, that's what we want. We yeah. want that now. We yeah. want that now. We want that that trophy, that title. Yeah. We want this. It's why you don't fucking judge. You can't judge on transfers. You've got to judge on the team that's been constructed and how they play the football and how the enjoyment you get out of your football team. Because if we all judged on transfers... We'd have all we'd have all lost that. We never would have won the league or the Champions League yeah. because we didn't sign anyone really in those in those summers, mm-hmm. and we'd have all lost our heads and we'd all gone to the barricades and had a big war against the ownership. And we we had really good seasons those seasons. Trust trust the plan. Just trust, trust the trust the process. Trust the manager and fear for all of your lives. What happens when they all go away? Let's do that. Oh. No, let's not. It's fine. <laughs> Look, there'll be more. It'll always go. Liverpool carry on. Liverpool is eternal. Uh, and they, they'll, out, they'll outlive and outlast all of us. Um, but look, keep your thoughts coming on anything we've discussed in the uh, comments section. I think it's, it's fascinating. Again, I, I, I agree. I, I, I do. I want Liverpool to go and buy someone boss. Buy, buy a boss centre forward in January. But um, if you can't, then... Don't be surprised don't, if it's the summer. But don't do something stupid. I just don't want oh, you know. Get Bellingham in the summer, boys. Yeah, exactly. No, but that's <laughs> to the other point. But that's the, but no, but we. But oh, yeah. we no, I don't think. Yeah, you know, we might do. We might not do. But to the point, we'll never know. He's desperate to come play oh, for us. Mate, he wants this. So he really much. wants that shirt on. Oh, mate. Yeah, I can just see number eight as number well. Number eight coming, coming in it. Naby moves on. Oh, yeah, it's gonna happen. Swap deal. Oh, oh, I'll stop it, Paul. Comments will be flying now. Be on Twitter, be on Sky Sports like in January now. Moving <laughs> here, Naby Cater to Dortmund in fifty million pound swap deal with Bellingham. Make it happen. Make it happen, yeah, Mike. Make it Mike Edwards's part and gift <laughs> yeah. to, to the oh, football club. <laughs> anyway uh, right that is the podcast for this week it is free we month as mentioned over on Redmen Plus if you want to check out more content we've got loads coming up this week uh, we've just done the Around the League show on Monday uh, which is fascinating which is where we look at all the managerial merry-go-rounds and the changes and what that means to those football clubs uh, in particular obviously the likes of Villa we've been talking Newcastle and Norwich in recent weeks as well and plenty more of that to come the debate show is Wednesday which is where we take a bit of a sometimes heated sometimes lighter look at some historical things but also the really big topics around Liverpool football could be really get stuck into those as well uh, there's also um, Chris's stature returns he's going to his focus this week I believe is only Mo Salah um, okay. the idea that only Mo Salah you know people go X amount of scored the most, most amount of goals in this amount of period only Mo Salah has scored more so he's going to be looking in depth in that and the stat show with Chris Page on Thursday uh, so yeah do check out Redmen Plus and you get access to all of our documentaries features and the Cop Canada feature this afternoon as well so yes plenty of time Redmen Plus is your code to get a free month at club captain level uh, and yeah that's that gents thank you that's been Good an pleasure. absolute pleasure Love loved it hope you guys loved it too see us all soon and the podcast will return next week Ta-da.